This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. And I have to say it right up front. This is episode 774, which means the next one, 775, is a live podcast that's happening Monday night. That is all your car questions. Monday, February 13th, 2023. That'll be 9 Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We look forward to seeing you on there. And that is on our Test Drive channel, by the Mm -hmm. way. It'll be reposted and then, of course, come out as a regular podcast episode. There'll be audio as well. But uh, we'll be taking all your questions and interacting with you guys. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, we enjoy those a lot. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy. Eric and his father, in Orange County, California, have been discussing for some time about going in together on a fun car. I love this. This is great. Boy, this is interesting. I have nine options, by the way. You have not? Whoa, okay. Nine. Are we, <laughs> we almost need to just jump to the options. Nine. But anyway, there is more story here. Yes. <laughs> they are incurably car afflicted. I love it. He's recently retired. His He's dad a dink. Is, yeah. His dad is, yeah. So it seems like a reasonable time to do something automotively irresponsible. Love that. I need a shirt that just says automotively irresponsible. Just that. That's That could be, we need that something. That is our next, our next shirt. Next, yes. Mandy, I hope you're listening. Mandy handles all of our wonderful shirt yeah. designs. It goes to, to uh, Blip Shift. So I'm going to put it out to you right now. I want one that says automotively irresponsible. <laughs> I don't even care what the font is. That, I'm going to wear that one until it wears out. That anyway, yeah. good. The reason they haven't decided on a car is because they can't agree on what to buy. There's too many great cars, and their opinions change on a whim. Yeah, it's not like, here's the thing I want you to understand. It's not like Eric and his dad are at loggerheads on the opposite side of the room, and they both have their car. <laughs> it's like every time they talk about it, they both switch. Well, I'm sure it's like, well, that's a great idea. How about this one? Yes. That's a great idea, too. Yes. Now what? Are- and you know, both their spouses are like, decide already. <laughs> Stop talking Please about it. Please, just right. buy one. Well, they've got close access to PCH and Love great it. mountain roads like Ortega Highway. Eric will be selling his 2013 BMW 135iS six-speed, and his dad has restored a 61 Mercedes 190SL. Wow. He's had it for more than 25 years. That car isn't going anywhere. That's staying, and it sounds gorgeous, yeah. They've had great experiences in it. He and his mom have done road trips in it, and actually, Eric has done some rallies and, of course, lots of cars and coffees. What they're looking for is something interesting, sporty, possibly vintage, Mm. but Something that's more substantial than the 190 SL. Okay. The Mercedes small size and lack of any semblance of safety equipment. <laughs> well, it was 1961. It was. At the time, it was probably remarkably safe. It's my <laughs> understanding. Weren't seatbelts invented or first installed in 1962? 
Well, it was certainly it was certainly late fifties, early sixties. Because you remember that original first gen Corvette that we drove? It had nothing. Was that nothing? was the problem. It had nothing. That's right. It was which nothing. Which was t- genuinely terrifying. If you've spent a, a, an entire lifetime with seatbelts on, lap belts are one thing, but nothing. You feel like a Red Bull athlete driving around. You, yeah. I am a daredevil. I am, yes. No seatbelt, everyone. Look at me. We drove that car nicely through a neighborhood, and I was still like, I'm going to die. right. Also because I had, a, I had this enormous steering wheel, like... Eight inches from my chest. The that steering wheel will protect you in an accident. Designed for me. <laughs> Here, I just push back on the steering. It's going to be fine. Use your arm. Anyway. Eric's mother does not like riding in the car anymore because okay. of the lack of safety equipment, especially okay. at night or near big rigs. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric and his dad took it on Laguna Seca without a second thought. <laughs> Because you're guys, of yeah, course. Like we like this thing; it still runs. What if we could track it? We should track <laughs> exactly. this. Exactly, you idiots. He would also like a little more performance in their joint car. Okay, they've done the California Targa Rally, one of his fondest experiences in the car. But while they looked good, they got their doors blown off by a Volvo P eighteen hundred wagon, <laughs> which I guarantee you was not the fastest car of the rally. Right, <laughs> and it still went. <laughs> <laughs> so for requirements, more performance. More modern, still cool enough to bring to a Cars and Coffee, and that's about it. Mm. Their budget is fifty to sixty thousand dollars, with some flexibility if they can convince their wives the car could be considered an investment. I so have your car. Well, but I they, have it. But they then said oh. they said their perspective on an investment is they are they they're. I love this. You guys are in living in wonderful world of reality here. You say you're not looking for the car to gain value. Your investment definition here is just a car that. You don't buy it, and two years later, it's worth half. You just want it to kind of hang out where it is. And that would be what you're considering investment. You're kind of parking your money in the car would be great. You're not looking for – because we get a lot of emails like, (laughs) what car should I buy, guys? It's going to be worth four times as much in 20 years. I don't know. Talk to your investment advisor. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be somebody that buys a Civic and leaves the plastic on. That's the car. Just don't do that. Anyway, onward. Well, if the car is 1975 or older – That would be great because they could enter it in the California Targa, but that's not necessarily a requirement. They've been leaning towards something Euro, but again, not a requirement. They can do some maintenance and repairs, but they don't want a big restoration project at this point. So it needs to run. Until I get done with you. Oh, 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 I hear a 928 coming. No, actually, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. So some of the cars that they've talked about include an 80s 911 Targa, a BMW 2002, Alpha GTV, Porsche Boxster, BMW M3 or M4, revisiting the Mercedes idea for mm-hmm. a 230 or 250 SL. Lotus Evora is on the list. Yeah, that's a bit of a, a left mm-hmm. turn, but I like it. Triumph TR6, Porsche 914. All right. Well, his dad has even talked about that P1800 wagon. Well, that's because you lost to one. <laughs> it's like, it was faster than us, son. Shouldn't we get one of those? <laughs> yeah. that Those are fast. Let's get that. <laughs> 1990s E320 Cabriolet. E30 M3 convertibles. Oh, I like the replica 356 Speedster. Those are interesting. But you know what? It's probably about as slow as the Mercedes. <laughs> Wait, the Volvo is on Eric's list too. Uh-huh. They, they, they both are intrigued by that car, yeah. <laughs> that guy's fast. I don't care what he's driving. <laughs> he passed us. What Whatever is that? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Let's get one of those. We got a 911 Turbo, 996 generation, Lotus Exige, RX-7 Mazda, yeah. V8 Vantage. And then you've got another 190E on here, 2.3, 16-valve. Okay, the, the four-door, gotcha. Yep. And his dad has a car history of Triumph TR4s and Volkswagen buses and 
all oh. kinds of stuff, honestly. There's a ton of stuff on here. I mean, even a, a Dodge Grand Caravan, Ooh. a Nissan Murano. I mean, it's incredibly varied. He, they currently have, uh, this is Dad and his wife, they have a Mercedes GLA 350 from 2016, and they also have, of course, that Mercedes 190 SL. And I'm going to make a note here real quick, Eric, that I'm sure you and your dad have thought about, but I'm going to say this. If that Mercedes is going nowhere, mm-hmm. if it's not leaving the garage, then you don't need another car for classic rallies. Well, his dad's driving it, right? But, but I'm saying they're talking about the two of them have done classic rallies in that car. Well, and that's an, true. And that's an true. outside thing that would be kind of cool to do classic rallies. Take what are you going to do, one a year? Take, take the Merc when the classic rally happens. <laughs> they're going to do all Let's of them. Let's get something much more modern. That's true. Anyway. Okay. All right. On Eric's list, he had a 1971 Chevy El Camino. Okay. He had an 02 Saab 93, which in parentheses he says was a terrible car. His grandfather still makes fun of him for buying one. No, no, not his dad makes fun of him. His dad's the car guy with yeah. him. This is his grandfather is still to this day making fun of him about it. Oof. Uh, 04 Z4. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours was an 04, right? Yes, but I had the bigger engine. He had the 2.5. 2.5. Okay, still. That's still a great fun car. Fun car. Yep. Mercedes GL 450, Mazda 3 hatch. Oh, and they've got a 2021 Alpha Julia. He and his wife both love that car, and currently he's selling that BMW 135 IS from 2013. Lots of choices. I can see why you guys love going around and around, partially because, mm-hmm. as you said, Eric, in your email, it's just fun to do that. That's the great fun. And, and whatever, like it. whatever car you guys settle on, I guarantee you, you're going to have the car. And I'm also, by the way, both your wives are listening right now, so I'm going to prepare your wives for this. You guys are going to get the car, you're going to like the car, you're going to drive the car, and you're going to still talk about cars you could buy. It's going to keep happening. This will it, happen. It's not like we're going to find you guys a car. You're going to buy it. You're going to go on rallies with it. And you're going to stop talking about it. You know what we could get? You're going to keep doing that. Everybody just be braced for that reality. This is how this works. Everybody brace yourself. Well, I have ideas, okay. Eric and Eric's dad and whole family and everybody that you're sharing the podcast with. I was wondering, is my first idea about the, the 20-year-old cars, okay. the, the fast and furious cars, the Japanese cars that everybody mm, loves, okay. and you cannot go buy one stock because they just don't exist anymore. <laughs> what if you undid all the garbage mods that people have done to first-gen Acura NSXs and S2000s, Mitsubishi Evo 10s, A80 Toyota Supras, 300ZXs, Mazda RX-7s, and RX-8s, WRX STIs, GTIs, mm. all those like... I, oh, it's modern. You're like, why did you do that? That you made it worse. <laughs> why don't you become the father and son undo team and you acquire some of those cars and you undo, take all the crappy parts off of those, put the good parts back on or find those parts and put them back to stock. You're going to unmod. Unmod. <laughs> yes. I like it. It's good. Because when we see a pristine, any one of those cars, yeah. Everybody goes, ooh, mm. that'd be fun. Mm. But when you see one that's been modded out, and you're like, ah, you ruined it. Why'd you do that? that yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I would have loved to have that car, but look what you did. Mm. And then, and don't buy the ones with plastic on the seats and bring a trailer. Yeah, you're, don't do you're that. Getting, you're getting screwed. GT86s don't count because people haven't gotten those out of their systems yet. So just let people continue to mod those, and then you can get the, to those in another decade. Yeah, you're you're you going back to unmod further. those. I, like, cars. I got it. I like unmod. It's really good. Make them good again. Okay. As the designers envision for mm-hmm. these cars, when you see a pristine A80 Toyota Supra, everybody's like, oh, oh yeah, pristine Mazda RX-7. People are like, yes. Uh huh. You're right. Well you're done. Right. Yeah. 
those are the cars that Todd and I noticed a couple years ago at a car show were getting all the attention. The fully modded first-gen mm-hmm. Acura NSX was like, yay, yeah. now what? But the pristine one was like, have you seen how good that looks? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're you could right. become yeah. the unmodders. I like it. It's good. Number two on the list is LS swap something that doesn't deserve to be LS swapped. <laughs> so now you are doing a project. I am. Well, buy I buy somebody's project, LS yes. swap. Anyway, keep going. Well, you could do the Icon, Icon Derelict on a budget. Oh, my gosh. Their last one was a 1971 Mercedes 300 SEL that's on their website, and it's fantastic. Art Morrison chassis with a supercharged LS9 dry sump motor, six piston brakes, and a perfect interior. But the paint looks like crap. See, I don't. I will. I will yes. fully admit, I do not get that. I a hundred percent do not get the derelict. <laughs> it's thing. like this Mercedes three hundred SEL that's wearing two seventy five with tires at each corner. And like, yeah, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, is that? Is, does it have a lot of power? I can't really tell. I can intellectually understand the attraction, but I have to admit it completely turns me off. I'm like, the car looks terrible, though. And here, and I, I'm the guy who <laughs> my cars never look great. I will admit it, but well, I'm just kind of anyway onward. Number three is the kit car. Have you considered a kit car? Have you considered building a factory five type 65 to your tasty specs? The Daytona coupe. Yes. Yeah. Or you could find one and take it over and just do light, very Mm -hmm. light changes to Mm -hmm. make it your taste. If somebody's already built it, you could just quite cool. Change it out. Okay. If then, you know, whatever Porsche 356, you mentioned that with modern running gear. Then to number four, that led me to the first of three restaurant mod levels. This oh, is the slight. Oh, 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 level, oh, this levels. This is the low level. I'm a little scared. At the low level, okay. Chance's idea that he brought up a couple of years ago, buy a tired old 912 Porsche, mm-hmm. drop a modern 718 Boxster engine, <laughs> flat four in the back. It's a 912. It's a four-cylinder. <laughs> yes. It's just a four-cylinder. It's still a 912. That's funny. All right. Install the classic Recaro seats with Pasha or the Pepita Houndstooth, you know, the black and white diamond uh, with pattern you. with I'm the stripes. With I it. see it, yeah. And then use Griot's Garage to bring the paint back, upgrade the brakes and suspension, and drive that sucker. Interesting. Okay. I, the the final product would be awesome. I'm wondering how much these guys want to bite that off, but I think it's, it's very cool. Just it's very cool. Yeah. The next level on Resto Mods is the slightly <laughs> more extensive version like Griot's Motors does, like an old v, VW bus with a 718 Boxster engine. <laughs> like a VW bus that'll pull wheelies. Yeah, seriously. You know, I, when, actually, when I was in high school, there was a guy on the soccer team with a like late 80s VW bus. So when they were trying to be modern and they didn't mm-hmm. sell very many in the US, he had one of those. Of course, they were soccer guys, so they were a little they were a little they were alternative. Cuz I grew up in Texas where okay. the only people that matter are the guys in the football team, football, right? Yeah. So I didn't matter either cuz I was on the football team. But my point is, these were the soccer guys. So they were the they were the alt guys, right? Okay. And one of the things they loved to do was to climb into this guy's van and go for drinks after practice, like sodas after practice, right? Okay, okay. But they would put everyone, everyone on <laughs> oh, the no. back bench. Of course they And did. the back bench was began at the rear axle and then went back from there. And you're sitting over the engine as well. So he would sit. Of course. The driver would sit completely just serious at the light next to some, because we were in a, the school was in a rich area, next to some very nice car at the light with all of the guys on the back bench. This is and awesome. When the light turned green, he would floor it and it would wheelie. That's awesome. And they did it like daily going for after. This is their big laugh after practice. Wheeling the VW bus. <laughs> That's fantastic. I like this. Then moving into the full Resto mod. 
You could go back <laughs> to the proud roots of the British motoring industry where you they built wicked fast cars with a hammer in a shed. Yes. Overnight. Mm-hmm. You remember the XJ220 that we drove? Mm-hmm. The test vehicle for that was an old Ford Transit van with XJ220 running gear. <laughs> it had 640 horsepower, and it was sort of like an old white Transit van with XJ220 wheels and tires with <laughs> giant slicks out back. What's wrong with that Transit? And then it blow you away yes yes i like the, the van thing you know, 640 horsepower and something <laughs> okay. you never expected okay okay moving on to number seven are the unloved models the 70s jaguars or ferraris or porsches mm-hmm. or even the japanese classics that just weren't as popular or like go italian like an old launcher an alpha or maserati sure that you know maroc ss or something that just wasn't mm, like maroc is cool you know they're they're cool now but yeah, that yeah, is sort yeah. of like oh that's not the one everybody really it wants. was the wah, wah car at the time yeah how about some of those and you could pick them up for less it's sort of like when todd todd and i recommend the fun sports cars and the automatic versions of them sure yeah yeah. still a way to get yeah, that yeah. cool car but they're automatic they're not the ones everyone wants and the increased value my eighth suggestion for you here is learn electrification and build a wicked classic ev like the electric GT crate systems. They've got crate systems you can just buy, pick a cool car, and electrify it. But yes, moving on to number nine, it is a 1989 Ferrari Mondial T convertible for $40,000. Whoa, where'd you find that? That's a killer. It's fantastic. I have the link, Eric. Let me know if you'd like the link. There's actually, I found multiple Mondials. The Hmm. Mondial is my car because... It's a Ferrari. It still has the Ferrari cachet. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Especially if you get it in just the Ferrari red. Okay. Yep. And if you take your wives out to a really, really nice dinner, guess what? All four of you can go. That is good. Drop That's the top. Really good. I li- I prefer the hard top personally. Hard top is better, but the but I see where you're going. But the convertible's getting you there. This is what you said. You're not going to be racing yeah, this thing. Yeah, you're yeah. just going to be cruising around. They're fun. It's bound it's- to be faster than the Mercedes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that Volvo P1800 wagon. Yes. Gun him down with a Ferrari. Exactly. You're in a Ferrari. You can claim Ferrari status. Mm-hmm. You paid 40, maybe 50 grand. You're, okay. I think you're in budget for what you can find. Okay. All right. They haven't really responded to the crazy COVID pricing yeah. either direction. They haven't like crazily gone way up, but they haven't dropped too much. They're just mm. floating right along. Get yourself the six-speed gated manual and yes. discover why that was the magic of Ferrari. It's magic. So you I get to it. taste Ferrari it. without yeah. having to pay for it. Okay. For all of it. I, I think Most that's awesome. Ferrari. I love that. Mondial. Whether you get the convertible, the hardtop, the hardtops okay. are rare. That's my thing. Yeah. I, I see that. They're it harder. just turns my head now, knowing how, it, how fun it is to drive. Mm-hmm. And again, you're not going to be blowing anybody's doors off. You're not going to be racing this yeah. thing or yeah, autocrossing. Yeah. That's not the point. You're just going to be enjoying it. That's got that sweet Ferrari sound and the Ferrari yeah, magic. It does. It and does. I think that Ferrari will still support this car because it's still part of their portfolio. Mm, mm. So it's not going to drop in value. It's not going to be like, you know, where do I get parts of my Saab 9.3? <laughs> well, and not that you're looking for this, Eric, but you and your dad could now hold your heads up high at your local Ferrari dealer and they'll talk to you now because you at least have owned a Ferrari. Yes. And you can buy Ferrari merchandise now because yes, you legitimately you can. Yes. Can allow yourself to buy Ferrari <laughs> shot glasses, bed sheets, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> teddy bears onesies oh, well now no. you need kids for that but still you can get a ferrari you can be part of the ferrari club at a low cost and still enjoy it still come away having a lot of fun i love it I and people great. will be like so tell me about this mondial like let's go for a drive yeah let me show you this thing yeah it's my I i'm determined it. to drive ferrari mondial prices back up here <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe Eric and his dad will do it by themselves. <laughs> I love that. Eric, I want to run through your short list real quick with just quick comments, and then I want to give you my top four cars for you guys. Awesome. At Mondial is a great idea, Paul. I really do love that. I love those things. You said a 1980s Porsche 911 Targa. Why not any 1980s Porsche 911? Why does it have to be a Targa? Just well, true. Get a 1980s Porsche 911. Just now, the problem is you're going to overpay for that car. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're very good, but you're going to overpay for it. That's the too bad thing. The BMW 2002, cool, but now this is anecdotal. I realize, but every single person I've ever known or kind of known that's had one has found them to be a nightmare to keep on the road. And on top of that, mm-hmm. they're not fast. So. <laughs> Volvo still wins. <laughs> you're looking for fa- you're looking for faster, yeah. more modern, and you want it to run. And I'm thinking the 2002 doesn't do it. The Alfa Romeo GTV, I love those things. I had a buddy in high school that had one. They're gorgeous. They're fantastic. See everything I just said about the BMW 2002. <laughs> Only Sorry. now with Italy. Yeah, now <laughs> now it's an Alfa. So best of luck. The Porsche Boxster. Definitely. Absolutely. It's a great car. However, if you guys are going to get one of those, the one you need to get is the first gen, the 987 Spider. It's at the top of your budget. That is the Boxster Spider for you guys. Ooh. It's unique. It's fantastic to drive. And I say this as the non-Porsche freak. It is one of my very favorite Porsches ever that I have driven. That's a good one. The, or the first gen Porsche Boxster Spider, the 987. The other thing about it is even if you go over budget for that car, it's going to stay right where you bought it. That's true. You buy any other Boxster, you could buy one for 30 grand, 20 grand, 10 if you want to put some time into it. And it will not go up in value at all, and you can just drive it and not think about it. And that's a perfectly viable thing. Mm-hmm. But if you bought a 987 Boxster Spider, it's probably at the top end of your budget, maybe a little bit more, and that value is going to go nowhere. So, it's Boxster good. Spider. like that. BMW M3, M4, I like that, except here's my problem. When I see BMW M3, M4, we get into modern cars, I realize that the one you want is the BMW 1M. And you just sold a 135iS, which is almost a 1M, so all of those are out. Okay. okay. The Mercedes, the 230 or the 250SL. Don't you have a Mercedes? <laughs> Don't you currently have one that's not going anywhere? True. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Lotus Evora, love the car. Obviously, it's awesome. I, I don't really have a big strike against it. I'm wondering if it's interesting enough for what you want. Because I kind of get the sense that you kind of want a car that you can be happy, happy cruising in. Mm-hmm. And the Avoras, it's in a weird place because it's not quite nice enough to feel like a 911 and you could do anything you wanted with it and it can fade into the background and be and be forgotten and just be car. It's not that. But it also really shines when you have an amazing back road and just some room to run. Mm-hmm. If you're going to like cruise in it, I'm just wondering who you are as people and if that works. Mm-hmm. Triumph TR6, cool, affordable. I. I don't know that you end up a lot better than your Mercedes, though. Now with England. Yeah. <laughs> the Porsche 914, that is an unsung gem. Those are, those are much better than people give them credit for, but you've got to make sure you get a good one with a decent engine that actually wants to run. Yeah. Okay? So the 914 the is interesting. Yes, ideally. So those, those, that's my quick rundown of the cars that are on your short list, but I'm going to give you my top four to consider. For my first one, I will admit I'm, I'm bringing in some personal bias here. But you said you want uh, fast, cool-looking, good at cars and coffee, would be great on a nice road trip, a little bit more safety, will run, etc. You could get a Z32 Nissan 300ZX, maybe a twin turbo. Your budget gets you the nicest one out there, 
That's true. And it'd be great. But they they have to drive it. They can't just get a really oh, nice absolutely. one. Like, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. We spend, spend 30, 40 grand and get one that's driving worthy, but still in really good shape. But then I have three others that I like an awful lot. First one's a little wild card territory because it, I know not everybody connects with this car, but it's so good. The C4 generation Corvette ZR1. That's good. I love that, that car. Yummy Lotus derived V8. I like that car so much. It has look. It 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 has the the C4 Corvette interior, which is I'll be honest, not good. Okay, <laughs> it's not good. It's it's of its era. <clears throat> yeah, you may be replacing the seats the minute you buy the car, but the engine is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you don't see very many. They don't cost that much. And watch our American original film. They are shockingly good to drive. That is a great choice. So C4 Corvette ZR1. Like that. The first-gen NSX, Paul already mentioned it. I think that is way up there in your consideration list. Get one. The the first or second era, You know, they had the refresh halfway through. The early mm-hmm. ones had the five-speed. The later ones had the six-speed. We have a, a nice piece on our original channel of us driving both generations, a red and a yellow one, back-to-back. I would take either. It's not one of those cars where you have to get this gen. Get Just get an NSX. Get a first-gen NSX and enjoy that car. I think you would love it. And then a car you mentioned in passing at one point was the car when I read your email and I just went, here's what you need. Big GT Cruiser, classy, looks great at a Cars and Coffee, pretty modern. You can get them. An Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Get that car and go on every single road trip you can think of it's true. in style. But I'm going to challenge you. Don't get it in silver. Ooh, get it in a color. No silver, no gray. Get it. They're out there. Get it in a color. It's going to be tough. See, Eric, we like doing the discussion too. Yeah, we do on your behalf. Uh-huh. This is fun. But we hopefully have given you some ideas. Snapped your fingers and you thought, okay, one of those makes sense. It resonates. We want to see it when you get it. Please send please, photos. Please. It's a new year, and we want to talk to you guys about a lot of new products from our friends at Griot's Garage. I'm going to start with the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. Did you hear it? It cleans wheels, tires, and mats with one thing. It's a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust, road grime on wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. They have a cool picture of you using a brush to clean all of the above. That is awesome. Water spot remover. Guess what that does? That removes water spots on all exterior surfaces. Don't forget ceramic metal polish, which restores and brightens and protects common metal surfaces and leaves a finish like you've never seen before. And then there's the Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner, a concentrated, powerful, non-filming cleaner for both exteriors and interiors. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Our podcast has kept Avi R. entertained for about seven years. That's cool. Thanks, Avi. That is cool. He is a physician. He used to be a small car guy. But since he and his family were in a major accident in May of 2020, he's become more enamored by the biggest car he can find. (laughs) I'd like a train car with a steering wheel. Wow. Yikes. Okay. Well, his car history includes a 1973 Mercedes 450 SEL. Hmm. It's kind of a cool car now. It's just, yeah. I I wonder if it was brown. This is the old Mercedes podcast for sure. Yeah, it is. He's had, oh, the Acura CL, Honda Mm -hmm. Preludes, Honda Civics, Audi TTs. He had an IS250 Lexus from 06, a bunch of Audis, Q4, mm-hmm. A4, TT, most recently a Subaru Ascent. 
And somewhere in there, their Acura RDX was totaled. This was his wife's car. While he was driving it with his kiddos and his wife in it, someone turned in a two-lane right in front of them. He T-boned them, and pretty much nothing happened to any of them. So this has convinced him. And I, look, I see the logic. This has convinced him for car for family, big car, big car. He's gone to big sedan. His thoughts are with the sedans. He likes the space. He likes the ride of big, luxurious SUVs. He likes that ascent, but he wants something bigger. <laughs> he, he, he was like, he, he had a progression from small cars, and now it's just like the ascent not big enough. Wow. The goal is to get something above 6,000 gross vehicle weight rating <laughs> so we can get a tax write-off. Okay. I got you. All right. He'd like, ha- like to have something with decent to good reliability. He can do oil changes, and his budget is 70 grand, but he f- prefers something under 60. He's only come up with a few things that he's thinking of so far. Toyota Sequoia. That's, that's a big truck. That's big truck. a big one. Yep. The Lexus RXL. <laughs> the long one. The... I don't think you want one of those. That's just a backpack on the end of an RX. But you, yeah. yeah, and you know what? That's not any bigger than the, than the Acura, and it's not yeah, any bigger than the Ascent. Not really. Yeah. He's got the Lexus TX, Grand Highlander, some lumbering GMC Chevy or Caddy. You could double your budget and get an Escalade V. <laughs> you could, yes. Just saying. Mm-hmm. And he also has the GV90. You should also have the G90 on your list as the sedan, the big sedan version. I really do like they that. They are cool, but I think, I think we're going to wind up in a big SUV here. Yeah. I do too. He doesn't like the Volvo. He says, although it's not traditional noisy, he, he thought there was a lot of road noise from the tires. And he would also rather not have something that's fully electric. His wife now has a Tesla, and they're afraid of taking it in the snow. Hmm. He's up in Northern California, and they drive to the Sierras about one time per year. Well, what do we think? Well, something I, big. This is I, an indulgence, I feel like. It, it, well, it, but it is, but it's also something where he's going. It needs to be heavy and large and spacious and just run. And I have to say, I'm going sniper shot. Oh, really? Avi, wander on over to GM <laughs> and get yourself a Suburban or an Escalade. You could get a new one. Yeah. At the bottom of the Suburban market, you get a new one with your budget. You could get a year or two old one for probably in your budget. The one we just had, we just we had it on our test drive channel. We had a, a kind of an off green color one, and it was the Suburban High Country, which is its press car. It was loaded, but it was just under 90 if memory serves. It was way up there. It was expensive, okay. yeah. But we also spent the entire test drive review going, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> yeah. see. I see why this is this expensive. Yeah. So this is this hits your weight limit. It has tons and tons of space. Look, here's the thing I find funny about the suburban. Now you could go expedition, but I'll be honest with you. I just I prefer the suburban. There's nothing wrong with the expedition. I just prefer the suburban when I've been in it. So here's the thing that's funny about these huge body on frame guys. And the Sequoia doesn't qualify to what I'm about to say. The Expedition and the Suburban are alone in what I'm about to say. When you get in a full-size body-on-frame, three-row, seven- or eight-seater, you realize everybody else that claims three rows and seven-seaters is kidding themselves. <laughs> they, they just Nobody has space like that. That's true. Nobody <laughs> That's does. That's true. So yeah. I really think you just need to go get yourself as much suburban as you can afford or as much suburban as you want to afford. And you made a great point in our suburban review, Paul, that people that are buying a suburban at 80 or 90 grand, on one level, woof, that's expensive. Yeah. But on another level, they're buying it to keep for 10 years. They're trading in True. the one they bought 10, 15 years ago, and they're buying yes. a brand new one that is going to do boat and family duty for the next 10 years. That's 
typically how these are bought. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is, go figure out what the best suburban for you is and be shocked at how much space and luxury and capability is in that thing. I think for what you're looking for, it's suburban and done. That's good. I really like that suburban, especially the fast food dumbwaiter, the thing that yeah. just served you up in the yes, back seats. I have never felt more American than sitting in the – because I do fa- – I've done the drive-thru in my Lotus, which is the wrong end of the spectrum. I've never felt People more American. just drop food into your car. Seriously, except that the window is so small I have to fold back the roof. I've done this. Have I've you folded really? back the cloth roof to have enough space. Anyway, side oh note. Oh, my gosh. But I have never felt more American than sitting in the drive-thru in that suburban, and they handed me the food, and I hit the button to make the food truck go back and I set the food in the food trough and I had space for monster cups in the cup holders America it is a trough you feed everybody I, I do like the suburban a lot I actually I loved that high country it was just comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you wanted to make up excuses to get in it and go for a road trip and go see places yes I do love it I'm also a Ford guy I've still got my 2012 expedition mm-hmm. that I inherited from my dad and it's just great it's old news i wish the gearing were different and if if i'm gonna get that bad of a gas mileage i wish i had a supercharger bolted to it but you know (laughs) yeah money is a thing yeah sure it's kind of last on my priority list and Mm -hmm. dump money into but i would do full-on borla new exhaust i would do a supercharger (laughs) it's got 138,000 miles that thing is just built to last it's got a lot of rust on it but you know it's the winter car I had my family in town recently, went skiing, went Mm -hmm. bombing everywhere, took them out to dinner, drove them all over Park City, the whole region. And it was just like, ah, it fits everything. We've used it on production many, many times. And every time we do, one of the three of us, you, me, or Chance, just randomly goes, this thing's so great. It's just so great. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. So an expedition, of course, I'm a little biased, but you could look at expeditions, even though I do think that brand new high country with the food trough is, uh, <laughs> the, sorry, the power food trough. Yes. It's electrified. You don't have to lift anything except no. for your finger. But as a slight alt, since this is the Mercedes podcast, I am enamored with the Mercedes GLS 450. They're brand they new. They are great. I, I love that thing. Mm-hmm. They're big. Mm-hmm. They're not nearly as big as an Expedition or a Suburban. I mean, they have three usable rows still, and they've got yes. a lot of luxury and a good amount yeah. of space. Yes, for sure. By now, so we went to that press launch, Avi, back in 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And we took it through the fast food drive through We took it through McDonald's. With the bounce mode <laughs> on. The bounce, the, the mm-hmm. get out of the sand mode. Yep. If you haven't seen that video, we, we laughed. Way too hard. A lot, yes. It also has the curvature inclination mode where it leans into curves Mm -hmm. at speed. As if it were a giant motorcycle. It leans into the corner. The suspension drops. It leans And I'll let you know, it's not a giant motorcycle. It's an enormous truck. (laughs) It's cool, though. But it is very cool, yes. But the AMG flavor that Mm -hmm. I really love. Yes. The GLS 63. Oh, yeah. That doesn't have that curve inclination mode because of the different suspension mm-hmm. on the AMG version. It also doesn't have the price tag. Correct. Of the lower one. I think it was like 130 grand. No, I mean, it was the, 160 the last one we it? had. It was 160 grand. But the power. It was very good. The power. It was very, very good. It's so fast. It's this yes. giant brick that does things you cannot even believe. Yes. 
So let's just stick with the GLS 450, <laughs> which, which, by the way, we drove and never were like, gosh, this thing's slow. Yeah, it's still quick because yes. it's got that 48-volt uh, generator yep. alternator. Yep. So it gives you some oomph. And yes. It's, it's got a great engine, probably be a little more fuel efficient. And the amenities in that thing are just fantastic. Superb. Yeah, I, I, I really it. like I it. it. I that was the truck that made me want to spend all my time in Mercedes Benzes. Mm. And from here That's on good. out, I just want to be in Mercedes. So slightly smaller, but still big. I bet you by now, since they came out in 2019, you could find something slightly used in the sixty to seventy thousand dollar range. Happy hunting! And if you've got an email like both of these people, please write to us every day. Driver TV at gmail some good questions from you guys. Thank you, as always. I'm going to start with Noah's question from Facebook. He said that we were talking in uh, early January. We were talking about sports cars we don't necessarily recommend because they're, they're covered up by a better one. He said one we, that he thought of that we didn't mention, and so he's curious about it, is the Fiat 124 Spider, the Abarth. Mm. The Fiat is what it the is. Fiata. It's yeah. the Fiat rebadge version of the current Miata. He said you can get those for really cheap. Why don't we talk about it? I'll tell you, Noah, two basic reasons. First off, that has, how to put this candidly, uh, polarizing styling. Mm. I've never met anybody that's, that has said to me about the 124, that's okay looking. People are either like, oh, I like that, or oh my God, what is that? Mm. I've never mm. met anybody in the middle, and I'm not a person that finds it attractive, but I have known people that think they're stunning. So if you like the styling, the problem is we don't know in recommendations if you're going to like a car with polarizing styling like that. It also has a turbo engine, so its power delivery is different, and I have heard, can't substantiate, I have heard that engine is not as reliable as what Mazda puts in the Miata. So you have a turbo power delivery, which is different than the Miata has. Mm-hmm. You have styling that isn't for everybody, and you have reliability that probably isn't as good as the Mazda. Now, if you're a person who wants a Miata Alt, top of the list, top of the list, why not get a 124? They're cheaper because they're flying under the radar. It's, it's the Saab 92X of the Miata world. Nobody thinks about it. But, you want, yeah. but in the case of the 92X Saab, that was more attractive than the Subaru. This one is like, hmm, I'm not sure I like that over at Fiat. It's pretty good. Our friend Jordan, who is Ghost of Miata on Instagram, is it's time to talk watches and furniture. All right, I'll be back. <laughs> he says, if a watch manufacturer decided to build a car, which one would it be? That would be Seven Friday, Seven Friday watches. I like them a lot. They're expensive, but they're not Omegas and Rolexes and APs and all that kind of stuff. All right, so... Their newest jade carbon retails for about eighteen hundred bucks, <laughs> okay. but it's a skeleton watch. So mm. think of the Ariel Adam. So there's mm-hmm. you know carbon sure, chassis, sure, and you sure. can kind of see through it still. But then he goes on to asks, now that you're asleep, Todd, how I would it, I answer that for furniture manufacturers? Mm. I do love mid-century modern. I love DWR. I like beautiful bent plywood. So imagine something of along the same lines, only different materials. Bent plywood, like the steamed plywood seats, the form fitting, like Charles and Ray Eames the, did a car. Are they making a Morgan? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not saying the whole car would be made out of wood. (laughs) Sorry, I totally stole that from you. I apologize. Time to service my car. I got to take it to Terminex. Yes, exactly. Make sure it's not going to be eaten into dust. So I I like the the beautiful. I like George Nelson. I like thin, beautiful. I I like the wood, you know, something warm, but definitely something small, two-seater, mid-engine, something like that. Yeah, you know, think of uh, Cayman Size. Mondial size. Ferrari Mondials are on my brain. (laughs) 
Hayden BRZ says, any plans for road trips in my Elise? Hayden, it's funny you bring this, this up because we are actually hoping to do more road trip films. Our South trip is, is a few weeks out now for sharing the South trip, which is the last of our four points of the compass trips with our cars of the past. So that's the 928 and the 300ZX. Our fourth and final film in that series is a few weeks out from release. So that has gotten us, Paul and I, talking about what are the cars and the adventures for this year? And we've already thought up some cool roads, but one of the things that I've thought about is I've enjoyed being on these road trips, but wound up there going, man, this road would be great in the Elise. So hopefully we're going to do some of those trips and the Elise will be what I'm taking, but we'll see. Let's see. We've got a question. Well, speaking of adventures, Matt Gare 82 asks, we plan on having again as a European correspondent, someone like Tom, mm. we are planning on going on pilgrimage in 2023. And we look forward to seeing Tom again when we go to Germany. Yeah. It's always fun. It's, Always fun to hear the things that he's driven and we haven't. Oh, all, yeah. all the tasty good stuff. Yep. So not at this point. I think that was really a bit of a one-off for a while. Mm. And it, it, it wasn't necessarily the springboard that got Tom. Tom earned his job and his new position in life yeah. on his own steam. But it, it definitely helped as a, a bit of a springboard to get him thinking differently. And mm -hmm. I think he really enjoyed being on camera for us. So I think that was a more of a one-off kind of thing, even though we would love to have that perspective. So now yeah, it's just... Yeah. Really, the way to solve it, Todd, is you and I travel more overseas and we go do those reviews. <laughs> we, there you go. We just do the European ones ourselves. <laughs> I mean, we are totally up for other hosts and that kind of stuff, for sure. Yes. It just, when it it's a car you can't buy, it really just becomes a ogle the car. Like, both you and I want to go drive the Alpine A110. Immensely. All the flavors of them. Immensely. Let's go do a piece on that. Mm. The problem is... We want to share that with everybody. They're just not offered here. Yeah. Until we can convince Renault and Alpine to bring it here, but I don't see that likely to happen. So, yeah, it would be a cool film, but it would have to be more on the entertainment side of things. And mm -hmm. by the way, it's a car. It's more of the Top Gear model. It's a travel yeah. channel with a car problem. <laughs> you know, it's like France with a little tiny car going through the frame. <laughs> oh, What's that in the frame? <laughs> That's very funny. The other thing you have to know about Tom is that Tom we we kind of stumbled into that relationship mm -hmm. because he was a fan of the show and we were headed to Germany for our first to to make our pilgrimage film long before we were doing the trips and we needed a local person to help us and Tom was that guy he'd never even picked up a camera before helping us shoot that thing so it then came kind of organically after conversations later i mean if a, if something progressed that way again i'd certainly be open to it and he did he was totally doing side hustle stuff for us and then he used all that stuff as to, to show his now great job at Automotor and Sport, he showed them, I just like saying that, he showed them all of that work <laughs> as sport. evidence of how very, very good he is at reviewing cars, and I'm glad he has that gig. Grass Jelly Inc. says, Track Daily Crush, all things being equal, mm. would you live in a crowded city with awesome driving roads like Los Angeles? Okay. Number two, would you live in a place like Maui with one spectacular driving road available all year round, like the Haleakala Highway, mm -hmm. or a three, not crowded place with great roads, but they're buried under snow for six months? Haven't we already decided this? I think we have, <laughs> just by virtue of the fact that you and I now live in a place mm, with where the snow roads are buried. Yeah. I guess I'm choosing that because we do have the ability to travel to places mm -hmm. like L.A. for shoots or yeah, yeah. other cities that are warm in the wintertime or snowy months because we can travel and it's nice. But I do love skiing. I love winter driving, too. Yeah, I hear you. We've got a winter piece coming out with the GR86 soon mm -hmm. and... Yep. Winter driving in that car is still a lot of fun. Incredible amount of fun. It doesn't mean yeah. because roads are buried in snow that you can't drive That's your car true. anymore. That's true. And, you know, I appreciate you were talking about it in Track Daily Crush 
terms. The daily would be living where we live now, where the roads are gone for part sure. of the year, but but it's still an amazing place to live because it isn't crowded, and that is really nice, and we mm-hmm. can go find roads where nobody is. And then the uh, the track, the occasional thing, is a little hard here, and I think... Hmm, I think it might be L.A. because then I'm not living there, but I have variety. The problem with oh. the Maui one road is, am I going to go drive the road or not? Plus, <laughs> what's what's my trap time today? Yeah, seriously. Plus, Hawaii is, is known for very low speed limits in general yeah. and yeah. obviously tourist traffic. So I, I, while I'm intrigued by that road, I think I need the variety. Here's a similarly difficult one. Jonathan Holland on Instagram says, if each of us could have one vehicle for the rest of our life to do all things, commute, have fun drives, date nights, road trips, track days, what would it be? This is really difficult. And what strikes me, and I am pained to say this, but I'm going to say it, this is where Porsche excels. I was wondering if you'd say it. The Panamera is way yeah. up there for this. But you know what? This is where the 911, this is why the 911 is the icon that it is. Because you can just commute in it and you can forget about what it is. And then it also is amazing. Granted, it doesn't really have usable back seats. But, you know, if I, so if I could get away with the 911, I will say this. If I get away with the 911, I'd just go Cayman. I'd just skip right over the 911. Sure. I'd either do Panamera because sure. I need four seats or I'd do Cayman. However, my twist on this is... How many seats do I need in this scenario? Which you haven't clarified, Jonathan, so I'm just going wild here. I would be very tempted by an R8. Interesting. I would be very tempted. I'd also be tempted by an Aston Martin Vantage V8 or the V12 if I could get one. Ooh. Jonathan, 911 Dakar. Oh, I, of course you do. I yeah. need <laughs> food, oh, water, no. shelter, Wi-Fi, 911 Dakar. Is that replace the GT4 RS for you with that list? See, that's hard, isn't it? Shoot. Yeah, it just got difficult. Well, so, maybe so because it'd probably be a better road trip companion. I mean, the GT4 RS is amazing, and I need that car too. Yes, but with the, <clears> prob- <throat> the problem with the GT4 is you'll never talk to a passenger, ever. See, that's the problem. I mean, it's awesome, but uh-huh. then it's yeah. really loud. It's just you sitting there with the engine. It's wonderful But the Dakar, the right you wouldn't ever fear ground clearance. It's made to bomb around in. It's still a 911. I it's still it. low enough to track. I see it. Okay. I, I need <laughs> desperately... This car. You and your car needs. I love it. Aye, aye, aye. Revs Up asks for not a car debate, but just our experience on GT types of cars that drive lighter than many would think. Mm. He's thinking about his back and knees in retirement. Well, sure. I mean, you haven't given us a price, so I'm going AMG GT immediately. You're right. It's It's such a good car. Delightful. The Jag F-Type comes to mind as well. Just drives easy. AMG GT is a single car. Now you've got me thinking about that one. I should have used that for my last answer. Ooh, that's everything. Keep going. That is, yeah, those are the two standouts for me. And we've talked about those cars before, but they just are so good. And they integrate into your life because they're exotic and have some exotic flavor to them. But they're normal cars. The doors open normally. Mm-hmm. They're, they can be parked normally. You can live with them normally. They've got decent ground clearance. You know, They're from a large manufacturer. So you know there's going to be service, all that stuff. Sure. AJ4308 asks us on Instagram. He says, the S197 Mustang GT50, does it handle well enough? Meaning, is that enough car? Should I get that one? Or do I need to wait and get myself more money so I can get the S550 GT? The person that you need to ask is our friend Chance, who is the Mustang uh, savant among us. But I'm going to try to tackle this anyway. And that is the S550 handles better. That just full stop. It handles better. Now, 
go drive both because the uh, the the 197 was the generation, if I'm not mistaken, that had the Boss that we drove and enjoyed it. The Boss 302 was that gen. If I'm that's not a mistaken. rowdy car, and that's a very fun car. So the S550, uh, it adds the independent rear suspension, and it's you know in all the models, and it's so it's a little more updated, and it does handle better. But I think, and somebody actually put in the replies. The reply here is from Matt Gare 82, who we just responded to, said the S550 is better. He's agreeing with me, but he's also saying drive both, and I 100% agree with that. Drive both because one of the things I found interesting when we drove the GT3. 350 versus the prior generation boss. Mm-hmm. They were both owned by the same guy, and he loved driving both of them equally because they felt different enough. And we've also run into people who, because of that live rear axle in the boss, preferred that gen because it was rowdier. So you need to drive them both. That's good. Ben Cohen just watched Jason Fenske's video on the CVT WRX, and he really liked it. Ben is an auto only enthusiast. Do we think it's possible that Subaru did a passable job on their SPT, the Subaru Performance Transmission? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we drove that automatic in the Alpha. We've driven the automatic in the BMW BMW Supra. I did it. You did it. Well done. I did it unintentionally. (laughs) The BMW Supra. That's very funny. We've driven those automatics, and the way you can tune automatic transmissions nowadays is to feel almost like a PDK or a DCT. They're so true. good. They shift so quickly. Now, we have not driven the SPT, the Subaru because Performance. It's, because it's a, transmission it's a CVT. Masquerading CVT. is better. But, but we've said before that of the CVT world, they're one of the ones that do it the best. And I can see that through line because we felt the ones that are sort of like, I can see the bones of things. And now that they've come out with this, I do want us to drive one. We, we want to compare it to something all the time, of course, but we, we hope to get into that car and I absolutely believe him. I mean, Jason has a great take on things. He and does. He, he really breaks things down and he does have a very finely tuned sense of what is good and what is bad. So yeah, we definitely want to drive that. Anthony Zerg is asking about favorite Bond films. Now, this is a little bit off from cars, and obviously we could save this for all the questions, but the All Question podcast is Monday, and it's supposed to be car-focused. I'm going to dive in here real quickly. Favorite Bond era. You, you've broken it down really well, Anthony. You said that the old ones are dated and cheesy and inappropriate. They are. If you watch, if you watch the original <laughs> Bond films now with Sean Connery, he's awesome, but you will be shaking your head many times in those films. And then you have Roger Moore. I know that Lazenby does one movie. I am a geek. But then you have Roger Moore, who the thing he did best was he was a world-class skier, so every single Bond movie suddenly had a ski chase. That's true. He was a the, world-class skier. True. Some of the stunts yeah. were amazing, and he was a very good skier. But he also just sold the humor of Bond, which was kind of ridiculous. Timothy Dalton had some good scripts, but it never quite worked. I actually think for the mystique of Bond, the, the feel, the look... Brosnan did it best. Do I don't you really? think they're the best films, but I'm like, the person that you just think, what should James Bond look like? Pierce Brosnan when he did James Bond. That's what that should be. Okay. But okay. then you're right. The Daniel Craig era is the most relatable and the most interesting and the one that is the most self-reflective in the character. And that's because between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, the Born Identity movies came out. And showed the world uh. what a spy movie should be. So notice how the shift happens. They get much more brutal. The fight gets much more real. Everything gets much more raw. And they're shot that way. And it is a direct influence from the glossy Pierce Brosnan area, which I think looks perfect for Bond. And then Bourne happens and Bond changes. 
I don't know what they're going to do now. I really have no idea. I actually think they're in a really hard place as producers to continue with that series, but we'll see. I can't believe I know all the Bond actors from memory. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. But <laughs> I, hey. I really can't believe I did. Hey. Anyway, it's all good. Thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Keep asking on social media. We'll get to some more on here as well. We're looking forward to next time as always. And as mentioned, we've got a lot of stuff in the works. We've got the fourth film of our cars of the past still yet to come Coming out very soon. It's gonna be cool. But in the meantime, before that, there will be a wrap up GR 86 video as well. It's been it's a year that well. we've had that car. So. I can't believe it. It's very cool. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>